Hello world, we're big gay nerds. Um, this is Ellie, and I will be the master of ceremonies for this uh, episode, or round of episodes. Uh, this block, we will be running Shinobi Gami, a game I've been wanting to run for a little bit, and so uh, to introduce our crew, going down the Discord order, we have Joe. Hello, I'm Jonix. Um, pronouns are they, them, and... Uh... I'm, I'm not going to tell you who I'm playing because it's a secret. Uh, I don't know if it's a secret, <laughs> but I won't tell you. <laughs> it is for now. <laughs> and then after that, we have Owen. Hey, I'm Owen. I'm the founder and editor of Big Gay Nerds. My character will also be revealed at a later date, uh, or just a couple minutes. Um, <laughs> and I, yeah, I, th- I think I think that, that, that th- I'm pretty sure that's all. Okay, so yes, um, sorry. like I said earlier, we will be playing Shinobi Gami, a game of uh, supernatural espionage in modern-day Japan. Uh, very, very anime. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I've actually got the sort of setting right up from the book here, if uh, y'all would like me to go through that. Sure, that sounds great. Though I guess the one thing that like serves stands to highlight be highlighted right now is i think this is the first actual like japanese made game that we've played oh is it that's fun yeah so i think so it's a um yeah it's a uh, different different uh culture of tabletop games so they have some very interesting just sort of mechanics and approaches to narrative we have played made before i believe on the show oh yeah we did play made that's right so, but it's, it's the first Japanese game we've played in a while, then. Probably years, yes. It's it's very interesting. Um, this game, I'll, just to, just off the bat, that there's like the the scene structure is is so different from what I'm used to in a in a role playing game. Like there are like sort of discrete scenes, and, and as if it was like a TV show or something, and then like yeah. There's, you can kind of play with that with some of the rules, and I, th- I think that's that's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not like D and D where everything just flows forever, you know. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, it's got sort of a um, sort of go around turn structure, sort of like uh, when we did Die Laughing. Although that's yeah. different too. Yeah, it's um, anyway, it's its own thing. Just beneath the surface of the world we inhabit lies the realm of shadows, known as the Shadow War or the World of Shadows. A sort of world of darkness, if you will. It is a world of violence and conspiracy, a world of sorcery and illusion. In the Shadow War, innumerable struggles unfold daily across the land. A thousand-year-old struggles between conquerors and the conquered, disgraceful political squabbles over national interests, mad scrambles that shake up our everyday lives, never-ending personal quests to fulfill an innermost desire. All of these conflicts rage, constantly, unknown, cleverly hidden just under our noses. And those who struggle through this carnage are, of course, the ninja. Uh, in this setting, ninja is a generic term that covers any and all of those that live and fight in the Shadow War. They possess a variety of other names. Masters of Ninjutsu, Shinobi, Masters of the Art, the Masked Ones, Roof Monkeys, Wandering Miko Maidens, to mention but a few. And so in the mundane world in the Japanese Middle Ages, a ninja was someone used by a daimyo or other lords for assassinations or intelligence gatherings. In this reality, ninjas, wielders of supernatural abilities, have existed long before that. 
It is said that they lived among us as long ago as the Yayoi period during the first century BC. Through the use of these powerful Ninpo, ninja have long exercised great influence over politics, business, and even religion. During the Sengoku period, a number of rival warlords emerged, and the ninja split into a number of separate clans, which we'll get into the ones you wound up to in a little while, and these clans are constantly locked in a brutal struggle for power. However, when the war finally ended and the Tokugawa clan took control of the country, the clans were once again reunited and put to work for the shogunate as secret enforcers. As the nation modernized into the Meiji era, the usefulness of the ninja seemed to come to an end. It is said that many ninja took up jobs as farmers, agents of law enforcement, doctors, pharmacists, firework makers, and a myriad of other occupations. The Shadow War continues, as it always has, just below the surface of normal society. The curtain called Peace is used to cleverly disguise the world of shadows. The ninja of today are only the newest pawns in the struggle as they fight the same battles and hold the same grudges as their ancestors. Theirs are the battles of a people imbued with supernatural abilities of science and magic. And I think that's a good place to end Yeah. So, to get back to our players here, uh, both of you have uh, secretly, uh, with my help, on your own uh, made your characters already, and we're going to finally get to know them a little bit, a piece at a time. So, anyone got a preference on whose goes first? I think that hmm, I think that Jonas had their character created first, so I'm good to them to take precedence on that basis. But um, I know that there was some stuff you wanted to maybe iron out, so I could go first if it helps any. Uh, okay, Jonas, are you good going first then? Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so let's get to know says Seiko Yamamoto. That's correct. All right, so got a name here. And what clan did you pick? They are part of the Lost Ones. Okay, um, and uh, so not so kind of clanless in a way. Right, the Lost Ones are either um they're sometimes exiles from other clans, or they're part of smaller organizations that didn't get swept up into larger clans, or sometimes just like uh, families or single, just like small lines of secessions of secret techniques. Exactly. Um, and uh, in 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 Seiko's case, uh, they were part of a, a smaller clan, um, but they they uh, and they're. Like directly uh, inheriting uh, sort of the responsibilities and, and powers that come from their smaller clan um, from their parents uh, and then something terrible happened to their parents uh. and uh, so now they're kind of on their own looking out for themselves and their little brother Ryuji cool okay. um, so, so they are in 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 many ways, they are lost ones. Um, the you know they they their their uh, family motto is always uh, is is sort of stick to the shadows, and uh, and don't don't reveal your true face. Um, and that's how they've survived in this you know within these clan struggles uh, all these years is by sort of staying off to the side, not really getting involved. Uh, you know, don't don't want to call too much attention to us. Like we're just we're just kind of living living here. 
But now that's okay. uh, not so easy to do. All right. So, yeah. So you're... The goal of the Lost Ones is to fight for their own reasons without being controlled by others, and for you, that is your your family to uh, sort of look after them, your Ryuji. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, how much detail do we, I know there are some things we want to keep hidden on the character sheet, which I find very fascinating. Oh yeah. Um, how how much do we want to go into here about like what I'm able to do? Um, so I'm going to go down through just sort of stuff in the book, uh, piece by piece, make sure I don't miss anything and make sure. So, but, um, yeah, I guess, we'll, I guess we will go over, uh, skills and info down the line. So you can feel free to talk about those. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Um, as, as a member of the Lost Ones, stealth is, uh, is my main uh, yeah. vocation or whatever um, and so uh, I've built Seiko as a, as a very uh, social character very much about like uh, infiltration um, ventriloquism disguise as my three stealth uh, skills but also um, bluff sleight of hand and apparel as, as uh, my sort of other skills to, to fill out the package so um, the, so I, I came up with this concept when I actually rolled for uh, Seiko's cover first, oh, yeah. which is uh, a host slash S. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. So this character is actually gender fluid. Um, nice. And so they play both the role of a host and a hostess, uh, nice. depending on what needs to be done. All right. So the... The disguise and apparel skills coming in. So, right, that goes over the cover. Um, and, like, they can throw down when they need to, but they're not very good at, at you know, yeah. super cool ninja fights. They kind of, they're, <laughs> they're, Their whole situation is kind of avoiding super cool ninja fights. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I'm and, actually... And if they find themselves in there, maybe, uh, maybe avoiding damage as much as possible. Sounds great. Sorry. And um, what did you pick for your ninja gear? You get uh, two choices. Um, oh, I, I think a, I missed that part. I picked okay. a soma pill and a prayer seal. Ah, okay. So soma pill gives me a reroll, and prayer seal I think gives someone else a reroll or forces a reroll. Oh. Let me take a look. Yes. I think um, that's what it does. I have to go back to the book and, and look to make yeah. sure. So, uh, Soma Pill says this item may be used after you have rolled dice for a skill check. Uh, consume this item to re-roll the skill check. And you can explicitly avoid a fumble result this way. For the Prayer Seal, this item may be used after another character in the same scene as you rolls dice for a skill check. Or, if oh. both of you are not in the scene and they have to roll a skill check, you can also use it on them. <laughs> But you have to; it has to be in the, <laughs> the same polarity. You can't use gotcha. it on someone who's outside of the scene. You can't be outside of the scene and use it on it. Someone who's the scene. <laughs> That's um, fun. So you can mess with other people. I do like that. Um, I do. Yeah. That yeah. I guess that is the first indication that we did mention. There's a little bit of a little bit of a competition as an element in this game. Not ex- not explicitly. Basically, it's um, 
It's sort of like a an apocalypse world or or a Blades in the Dark sort of game where you have these sort of role playing goals you want to aim for to get experience, but you can also like there's also explicit missions that you can like try to edge people out of to get extra experience. So I don't know. That's cool. And uh, the third item you can take, and probably the best one for uh, beginners, is the Bead of Life. So it says, uh, this item may be used at any time. When consumed, a ninja regains a lost life, lost life point or recovers from a status ailment. Um, Owen, did you pick up, wind up picking a ninja gear for your character? I had totally missed it until just then, That's but okay. it's so straightforward. I just got a Bead of Life and a Soma Pill. Okay, great. Makes sense. All right, now that those are uh, picked, uh, since uh, one of the rules for this uh, starter scenario I've picked is that uh, everybody gets a free bead of life, uh, just in case they did not pick one to start with. (laughs) (laughs) And if you already have one, you get a second one, yeah. Okay. All right. Is there anything else uh, you'd like me to go over? I can go over my, my ninpo if you'd like. I've actually been thinking about that. Um, I think we can get to those as they come up, just so it can uh, be a, be a surprise. Great. Yeah. All right. I think that is uh, everything we need to know about uh, Otomo for right now. So let's head over to Swap Sheet. No, wait, sorry. Otomo is uh, Owen's character. Uh, Seiko is uh, Jonix's character. So, or should I call Oh, which which should I call your character? Oh, uh, Jiro. Jiro Tomo is the surname. That's right. I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, going back down the line, uh, we have what clan did you go for? I went for the uh, Hasuba Ninja Army. Oh shit! It's on. <laughs> it's on. Yeah. Yeah. Damn! I can't believe it. Yeah. So. Um, the, the Lost One, like each of the clans, even the Lost Ones, have sort of a built-in sort of clan nemesis. And, and while the Lost Ones aren't a cohesive group, they do have, most of them do have a sort of resentment for the Hasuba Ninja Army. Because the Hasuba Ninja Army, their thing is they want to uh, beg, borrow, or steal as many ninja techniques as they can possibly get their hands on so they can replicate them and as, like, technology and sell them. So, if for small clans or, like, inheritors of secret techniques, like, say, Seiko, um, the Hasaba are sort of like vultures who are trying to come and take your secrets. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, what's, uh, what's Jiro actually like? <laughs> okay, so, um, so because, um, the, I realize I may have been getting them mixed up slightly with another faction, but, um, because, so, um, the, oh, so am I wrong in saying that the, uh, Asuba Ninja army has sort of like a, sort of a corporate vibe to them? Yeah. I mean, so, no, you're not wrong. Let me uh, look up there. Oh, okay. Right up specifically. Because they have technology as, like, their main thing, so that, that makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, so, so originally descendants of the uh, Sengoku. 
Here we go. The contemporary public face of the clan is a collection of over 30 subsidiary companies within the Yada Group. Yada Heavy Industries develops innovations in shipbuilding, electrical generators, aerospace development, and weapons manufacturing. Their research department is the... Sorry, it goes on. I get you. Yeah, okay. So with that in mind, the very first thing I thought was like... I kind of, my idea was to do a character who had some, like, action salary man vibes. Um, the sort of main thing I was drawing from was, one, there's a Guilty Gear character who's sort of like that. Um, I, I, I forget his name, but he is a ninja who is also a businessman. Um, uh, his, name, his name's against Answer, her. is the problem. That's why I had... <laughs> Yeah, he's a ninja who's always got a cell phone to his ear, and, and he like throws business cards at people. Yeah. Um, and there's also another character's name I have forgotten, so very unhelpful. Um, but um, there's a guy from Jujutsu Kaisen whose deal is that he's like a he, that he is also like a spirit ninja guy, but who's also like a salary man. So he like dresses appropriately and like has glasses and stuff. So. That was just my mental image. And so, yeah, um, the character is Tomojiro. Um, his uh, uh, clan goal is protect Ogi from members of the other clans. His cover is programmer. So I think that what he does, I think like his official job is just, you know, doing ninja stuff, but partially as a cover and partially as an actual source of income, he's like the website guy for one of those companies. Like, not necessarily one of the bigger ones, but he's just, like, you know, the guy who just maintains the website for some, like, I, I don't know exactly what the business is. Maybe he doesn't know. <laughs> it's not oh, hard. Time for all of his, his ninja stuff when he's working 12 hours a day for six days a week. Exactly. And going out drinking all the time. Exactly. Um, and um, his conviction is unity. He is... He's on board with uh, the ninja army's sort of goal, not not just of like, I mean, okay. So how it does actually manifest is just like kind of robbing everyone and monetizing it. But <laughs> he and the more idealistic people in the group, they're what they want to do is like unify the different clans through this. And so he is very much bought in on that. He thinks that, like, listen, everyone has all these, like, disparate ideologies and stuff that's having them fight all the time. But really, like, like the fact that all of this, like, magic, this, like, weird magic stuff can be replicated through technology and stuff means it's all basically the same. We shouldn't need to fight. I think these problems should be we should be resolving these problems in the voting booth and the free market. Um, <laughs> So yeah, um, my main uh, skill type is tech, and for that I've got pyromancy, rope work, and demolition, which I admit oh, do boy. not tie in very closely <laughs> with the vibe of him. No, but that I think that's sometimes that's you gotta kind of sometimes you gotta break a few eggs, you know, or demolish a yeah. few eggs. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then uh, outside of that, he has um, a sleight of hand, uh, finances, and analysis. Great. Ah, that's awesome. I love it. I'm really excited to talk about my Ninpo, but uh, I'll have to wait. <laughs> All right. So I think that is everything. Let me start. Um, 
going over the scenario then. Alright. So we're using like a pre-made one, is that correct? Yes, this is true. Um, so I've got a scenario uh, they've got on recommended on the website to get a feel for the game. It's called The Dagger That Kills Gods. Um, Damn, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's got uh, two versions. I'm doing the um, like the the second version that's for two to four players since we have two players and in this version there's an sort of an npc character that will uh be involved oh yeah so might as well uh well actually no i'll, I'll save that for later too all right so <clears throat> hmm. yeah so i'll go over the background stuff first and then send you out your missions and secrets Ooh, right because we're both gonna have we're, we're both gonna have secret things that are assigned to us specific to this mission right right so and so to keep in mind about how those work is you have a you have a mission that everybody knows and in this case you in fact have the same mission um, and but you also have a secret mission that you can go for, and they both have the same reward, so which is three merit points. Anyway, okay. so the background for this mission is that a Tonto dagger has been found by archaeologists. This news has made some waves in academic, historical, and collector circles. It's currently being held in an underground bunker slash cave underneath the Grand Amagi Shrine for restoration and analysis. Those in the know have heard whispers that the dagger is the legendary Kamakiri, the god of mist, a dagger infused with the spirit of Akami, which has the power to slay gods. Those whispers have attracted the attention of every legitimate museum, shady black market collector, and of course, the heads of all the ninja clans. The prize for this mission is the dagger itself, the god of mist Kamakiri. It is a rare find of ancient Japanese spiritual history, and every clan has their eyes on it for the purpose of fulfilling their clan goals. And there are no special rules in the prize for the scenario, just the rules in the core book. Okay. okay. Great. I, the presence of special rules and stuff also immediately made me think, oh, you can have mutators in this game. Mutators? Oh, like in oh, a, just a mafia or among us? Oh, like... Like like in in video games, mutators will sometimes be used to describe like weird additional rules and stuff added onto levels and things. Oh yeah, like, gotcha. Yeah. So as I get as I get a better handle on things, I can uh, make my own scenarios with like boss fights and stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let I'm me... into that. All right. So. Uh... On the surface, both of you have the same mission, which is to find, acquire, and keep the God of Mist. In three days, your clan will retrieve it for, from you for safekeeping. Okay. Um, we you you also just gave us our secret missions. I was thinking maybe we should like in turn like one of us should like deafen ourselves, um, and so that like we can discuss it so that the listeners know everything that's on the table or should we like uh keep that oh. keep that secret to everyone hmm. that's a good question is keeping the secrets secret from the audience 
more interesting than them knowing it. I personally, as a as someone who also likes listening and watching things, I like it when I know that two people have conflicting goals. That, <laughs> that is true. Okay. Uh, yeah, that does sound like fun dramatic irony. Okay. So I guess we'll yeah. go in the same order. I'll talk to Jonix about their mission while you okay. uh, mute the call. Yeah, you can just uh, just text me in a shop talk or gameplay or whatever, and uh, then I will undeafen myself. But until then, arrivederci. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, Jonix. So the secret mission that I sent to you, uh, just to go over it is. While keeping the God of Mist is of utmost importance, your clan is particularly nervous about a certain other clan's plans with the dagger. Uh, pick one other character. You really only have one in this case, but still. Right. And defeat that character in combat before or during the climax phase, which is what oh, comes, at, which is the very last. Uh, it's, there's always a final throwdown at the uh, at the end after all of the main phases, and that's the climax phase. As established, I am not very good at combat, so this is going to be this is a, an interesting challenge for me. But I think I can, I might be able to pull it out. Yeah. So um, you might, yeah. So you'll want to keep in mind you can do that. You can try to go for the mission, whatever seems more plausible at the time. Or you might just try. Um, actually, this is not a bad time. There's the other way you get uh, like merit points is um, if you ever get a hold of the prize, even if you don't wind up uh, keeping it, you get a point. There's like a point for uh, like like uh, accomplishing clan goals, like say beating a possible guy. Sort of ties into this. Uh, okay. So yeah. So you can go for uh, either mission or neither, and like your character will. It should hopefully still be a fun time. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, I, I will. Uh, I'm gonna try to go for the gold. I think. Excellent. Love it. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna text Owen, and then we'll. Uh... And then we'll switch off. All right. Hey, Hello, Owen. We uh, went over Jonas's dark secret. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and now I'll I'll take off bonsoir. <laughs> okay. And Owen, the uh, secret mission I sent to you is your clan desires peaceful relations with one of the other clans. Pick one other character and write their name. Uh, there's the one other character. Your secret mission is to ensure one of the following two conditions. Either that character succeeds in keeping the God of Mist to the end of the scenario, or that character succeeds in their secret goal or mission if they have one. Okay. It, do I have to choose it, or is it... No, you can pick... You can be one or the other at any point. Excellent. And so I assume because there's only one other player character, I should probably go with Jonix's one. That is your only choice. There is an NPC okay. that will be introduced, but they're not uh, eligible for secrets. Okay. That is good to know. All right, that's probably going to be fun. I... Man, <laughs> I hmm, I'm... I'm I'm curious because this seems like something that could make it very straightforward if there's only two people and they technically have the same goal. But I feel like the fact that that uh, Jonix's character uh, has a grudge against me to start with is going to make them very hesitant to work with me. Right. I've also been reminded of a rule that I'm going to go over once we're all back in voice chat again. Okay, cool. Uh, I think that covers everything then. Okay.
Okay. Okay. So, and uh, there is one rule I have not gone over yet. Uh, you are not allowed to reveal what your secret is. Like, even if it would be beneficial to you. Great. All right. All right. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. Like, other people can, like, get it from you mechanically, but you are not allowed to, like, as a player, just, like, reveal your own secret. Nice. All right. So, continuing the order we established earlier, let's begin with Seiko. Uh, it's a nice, quiet morning on an everyday kind of day. Uh, where are you? What are you doing before all hell breaks loose and your clan contacts you about a mission? Um, let's see. I think Seiko is... Uh, Seiko's 22 years old, so Seiko's like an adult. Adult. Um, but still pretty young. Uh, so probably sleeping in, I think. I think I think Seiko is like, like had a long night last night, of mm. hosting and hostessing. Oh yeah, <laughs> gotta go keep switching costumes. Yeah, yeah it, it was it was just a it was a you know so so many skills being used and so <laughs> yeah. and so now they're 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 pretty uh, wiped. So yeah, they they're sleeping in right now. Okay. Yeah, so you've got long hours. Um, so let's say there's something that you love or hate about your job. It's a strong feeling either way. Um, what would you say it is? Um, I think it's a it's a resentment for the people that are normal. Oh, oh boy. I think I think that's it's so it's kind of a hate, kind of a love. It's it's like damn, I wish I could be just a basic ass person and not have to deal with all this ninja crap yeah I, I get that why would I say uh, I say that as if I'm a ninja you are a ninja for the purposes of this game <laughs> that's true so yeah I, th- I, I think that Seiko like sometimes fantasizes about like uh, what if I was like an office worker what if I what if all I all I did was like shuffle paperwork around all day and didn't have to worry about like someone stabbing me or my little brother. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. that be nice? Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, speaking of being special, uh, your superior treats you a little differently than the other employees. Why is that? Um. Hmm. I think it's a. I think it's a skill thing. I think that. I think that uh, Seiko is treated. Special because Seiko is special. I mean, like, <laughs> the boss knows that. All right. like, oh yeah, like sit. Like it's not like a thing. Like oh, like Seiko is you know like has cool ninja talents. Like he, like the boss doesn't know that. But like Seiko is like the anchor of the team. Mm. Like if if there's like a problem customer or like a really bad rush or like like they can rely on Seiko no matter what. That's that's excellent. Okay. Yeah. All right. So from here, someone contacts them to tell them about the mission. Uh, when I talked to you a little bit before to try to figure out what this might look like, um, I think probably uh, probably old family contacts from where your parents were also in the family business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I think that this is probably a 
uh, a family friend who knows what happened but isn't in a position to be able to really help besides mm-hmm. this. Like, they, you know, can can sort of keep... Uh, keep their ear to the ground and let's and let Seiko and and Ryuji know what's up when when things happen. But that's about all they they can do. I think it's probably like a phone call then, or like a personal visit. Um, it it could early. be a phone call. It could be like a message online. It, you know, like it, it could be like a text message with like like lots of like you know uh, sort of artifice built in. Um, but yeah, it could be a, it could be a personal visit. Artifice? Um, Okay. Artifice, I was thinking, you know, like, like maybe it's like, oh, this is, this is a text from quote unquote, your friend Sakura. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But it's actually like, you know, an old man, (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) like putting in a bunch of emojis and little animations. (laughs) I like that. But he's like telling him about secret ninja stuff. Yeah, see, I was thinking, I was thinking it's probably like a dude in his 60s named like Haru or something. You get an email from like Haruka that's like a bunch of like news articles <laughs> about this. Uh, oh, that's great. Uh, about this uh, relic uh, dagger as well. You know, there's like, there's the real dry basic sort of ones that you get from the like the state like news service and then sort of more sort of weirder takes from the uh you know occult periodicals that sort of thing which i imagine do pretty well in this setting but uh yeah the the gist is that uh this dagger is worth a lot and uh let me think the dagger is both valuable but it's also uh powerful in the way that i'm trying to think of Hmm. Oh yeah, there's a uh, there's a part towards the end that was like okay. It's like oh, also uh, nothing confirmed, but uh, I think our friends the vultures are on this one too. So you'll want to move quick if you want that payday. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seiko like uh, you know reads all the articles and stuff and and uh, responds with a quick thank you. Um, and then flips her her phone closed because it's Japan. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh man, she doesn't she doesn't have an iPhone. Although those are big there now, but she doesn't have an iPhone yet. She says like a crappy flip phone still, with like little charms and crap on it. Or they do. They're gender fluid. It's fine. Whatever. He she yeah, they. Okay. It all works. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Uh, given where you are and what you're doing, what do you do next? Let me think. Um, like, is well, there like a gear up sequence? Like, uh, you got your stuff think, hidden somewhere? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a a uh, um, like a like a hot fuzz and your right style like quick cut. Uh, you know, sequence of like, yeah. you know, putting daggers in in sashes and things, and but also like making like a PB and J sandwich or, or <laughs> equivalent, Japanese equivalent, so like an uh, like a rice ball, mm. like you know, like, you know, thanks Pokemon, um, uh, you know, making like like lunch for Ryuji, <laughs> right? 
You know, like, so it's like, boom, 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 like, lots of, like, ninja gear happening, and then, like, like you know, quietly rolling uh, a sushi roll together. Um, and then, you know, and then back to, like, you know, strapping stuff together, and then, like... <laughs> And then she, or then they push uh, Ryuji out the out the door with his backpack on, and that's <laughs> and that's sort of the end of the sequence. So like they're they're ready to go, and uh, Ryuji is taken care of for the day. So that's that's all that matters. What's like, what's like uh, your, your character's overall look, especially when they're like geared up for ninja stuff. When they're geared up for ninja stuff, um, they it's very androgynous, like. They they don't wear they don't wear a mask because that would be too obvious. So they right. they just um they they have like little little hints of makeup here and there. Um, but they're a very androgynous person in general. Um, uh, uh, lots of lots of like uh, uh, what's the best way to say it? it's like like lots of like tight. Uh, sashes and stuff around their, or like around their waist, uh, around their legs gotcha. and stuff. Like there's, there's uh, not not too many, not too many, um, like like obvious like, hey, I'm on a cool secret mission, but like right. they do look like they're wearing a costume of some kind. Um, gotcha. It's sort of an sort of an adaptation of their of like their host hostess look, where it's like, okay, like that could be a vest, but it doesn't really look like a vest. Like, like you're not quite sure what they're, like, where they're going, but they look like they're going <laughs> to do something. Okay, that's okay. cool. All right, I love it. So, I think it's about time we uh, swapped over to Jiro. So, one thing about the uh, Hasuba army is that they're, uh... oh, wait, never mind, you don't work for their research branch, never so, do you, what what uh, what's which of their companies do you work for? Um, what are they? Oh wait, sorry, you said you might not even know. No, but uh, yeah, do you know I, their name? Uh, but, <laughs> I I feel like I would have to be better at like bullshitting uh, Japanese business names. That's for a good that. point. It's Never mind. It's uh, yeah. it is can, a, it's a concrete rectangle somewhere. Like who? Yeah, who, exactly. Okay, <laughs> so it is a it nice be like the something group, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it is a nice, quiet morning on an everyday kind of day in your bleak gray rectangle. Uh, <laughs> so where are you in the building? What are you doing before uh, your clan contacts you about a mission? Um, I feel like where he is in the building is... Um, obviously, this is me making some like assumptions based on my personal experience, you know, with like office work and stuff in america so i don't know if it translates to quite the same thing but i feel like in my experience the like the the website guy has always been like oddly isolated from everyone else (laughs) um so i think he has like um maybe not his own office but the you know how sometimes you get like cubicles that are like divided up between different apartments and then sometimes you get kind of like a junk drawer of cubicles where it's just like a bunch of people who have various tasks completely unrelated to each other, yeah. but also unrelated to anyone else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's in that weird sort of little like cul-de-sac, and I think he's just, I think he is legitimately just like working on his actual job, which is like um, making like making the f- like the font 
sexier or something like someone high up <laughs> just like said that and expected him to know like what that meant and so he's working on that he's he isn't looking happy um his his appearance i have had this appearance kind of firmly in mind for a while he's a little bit like he's got a lot of like vaguely rectangular elements to his character design um one anime character that i can name because i bothered to look it up in this time he sort of looks like a uh, Ida Tenya from My Hero Academia, who's the, the fast one, um, but he also kind of looks like the guy from a six-year-old semi-viral animation called Super Business Dancing Night um, <laughs> by Bob Gilliam on oh YouTube. Gosh. If you just punch that in, just like a um, sort of glasses. I love it. Yeah, he, he basically he's got a vaguely rectangular head with vaguely rectangular like glasses. Well, more literally rectangular glasses. Um, and he's just typing away, and he does not. He doesn't look. It's not like he's slumping over and miserable. But he doesn't look very happy with his job, uh-huh. but he is doing his job. Yeah. So, you've got one decoration on your desk that means something to you. What is it, and what does it mean? Oh shit. Um. Hmm. <laughs> um. I could go deep with this guy's like sense of unity and stuff, but. Um, hold on one moment. I'm gonna do a search for a see if this is a real product that is something that would um I think that he has got like um. He's got a collectible Zanke figurine. <laughs> oh, playing Street Fighter, love it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a very he's very buttoned up, but then there's also this this like mostly naked Russian wrestler on his desk. <laughs> Arcade or uh, console? Um, I don't I don't know. I'm not. Oh, oh, you mean? Oh, in terms of how I thought you were talking about the character design. No, 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 no. How does he play Street Fighter? Does he go to the arcade or does he play it at home? I think he, pl- I think he probably mostly plays it at home these days because it's like how he unwinds and it's like a complete detachment from any sort of like social thing besides the person like you know over the internet connection <laughs> sure. who is rolling. Nice. Um, yeah. That is, yeah, he, he probably sometimes d- does the arcade stuff, but his like life is probably so busy now between work and ninja work that he doesn't really have time for it, you know. Sure. He just like goes home and like does some does some matches like in the wee hours in his little apartment. Oh man, I bet every once in a while he goes and just dusts like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, he is a uh, thirty for the record. All right. Let's see here. So now somebody from the clan comes and gives you the mission. Uh, with the Hasaba army, my temptation is for it to be something weird, like a little okay. drone, like some little magic drone oh. or something, like a little robot. <laughs> Hell yeah! They could just send you an email. To him. <laughs> no. Does he? All right, you said he was at a cubicle in like a. Yeah, there are other people around, so I don't know how much that affects things. 
So from the vibe I'm getting, the the whole company, like the people around you, were not also ninja. Yeah, I think these people are. I think the, these people are just kind of like, just part of this. I don't know how much they could potentially be aware of, but my gut instinct is not much. Yeah. So what happens is, while uh, while you're tapping away at the computer, you get a uh, text message that just says "corner window." And uh, since you've used this drop off before, you know where it is. Um, at one of the, since you're already in a sort of out of the way part of the building, uh, you go to a window, and on the windowsill is a crow. It is not a normal crow because uh, you're being familiar with it. You can you already know that the eyes, the ways that the pupils sort of dilate back and forth, irrespective of the light, is because they are small cameras. Oh. It uh, it vomits up a small flash drive into your palm. <laughs> <laughs> I just nod and walk over to my computer and plug it in. Uh, in the flash drive is uh, honestly much of the same information that Seiko got, although from the perspective of the Hasaba army, uh, the right the the extra information that they give you is uh, uh, more information on other people after the dagger. They most dangerous. They've got a whole profile on the most uh, likely and dangerous, uh, well, there's a rogue ninja named Takagi Mina. She is a black market weapons dealer, and I'm going to finally go over her right up here. Let's see. Mina's calm, collected, and a true professional. A well-known name in the black market circles, especially when it comes to highly illegal weapons and historical weapons. She's amassed a small fortune over her years in the business, as well as a number of strong allies and enemies. She tends to dress like she's auditioning for a part in The Matrix or Blade 2. Uh, she talks <laughs> as if she has the confidence of someone who has every angle covered, because she usually does. She has a secret weapons depot and base in an abandoned warehouse outside of town. She uses an unmarked black van as a mobile work area and hideout. She is 33 and an ex-ninja of the Hirosaka Agency. She left ranked Jonin. Okay, and that's higher ranked than me, right? Yes, that is two ranks above yours. Okay, and we're both... Uh, we all started oh, tuning in. right. Both of you are uh, ranked tuning. Okay. Cool. I think that is... A fr- <laughs> That's, I feel like if you've, if you've read slash watched Naruto, you're nodding right now. <laughs> um, and everyone else is just kind of rolling with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, okay. So he just sort of, like, nods, unplugs it, like... I don't know if he's supposed to feed it back to the crow or if, <laughs> what, or if he's supposed to destroy it. No, the, the crow's gone. I guess it, like, I don't know, like, disintegrates into, like, a puff of smoke. Yeah. How about that? Oh, yeah. that's great. That sounds fun. It's, it's the whole, like, this message self-destruct thing, and he's got to, like, he's got to unplug it from his computer, like, as fast as he can. <laughs> he, like, goes to unplug it, and it's like, wait, you haven't closed all the programs this is running. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I love, I love, yeah, uh, and he just like, just completely yeah. unnecessary amount of uh, secrecy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he does that, and then I think he like goes to his supervisor and tells him like they need me at another location. Like it's not like this. Like I think that maybe he's like he's employed here as part of like a staffing agency that is just you know 
the 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 ninja oh, army you nice. know yeah so he's like they've got a problem over there and they need me to come on and take care of it and you know probably paul i, I promise i'll get that font sexy as hell for you <laughs> um, i really and, i really and, like that idea yeah. they can put people in all sorts of companies yeah and uh and he just walks out and um he is dressed exactly as he's going to be dressed for this which is he's got his glasses he's got his like gray jacket and little tie and he is carrying a suitcase with him he has not opened it yet nice okay all right so that is it for the introductions i've hit all the beats i wanted to hit all right so our first cycle of scenes. Uh, Pre-dawn, a starlit, quiet, black summer night. Underneath the Grand Meiji Shrine, in a rocky and dark cavern protected by locks and alarms, both physical and mystical, lies Kamakiri, the god of mist, in its protective sheath. It rests on a small protective altar of smooth stone, surrounded by six lit candles. It's a bit dirty, as its restoration is only half complete, but the cool majesty emanating from the dagger is unmistakable. This is a weapon that will change the very destiny of Japan. A shadow approaches. The candles snuff out at once. Two hands gingerly reach out, lifting the dagger from its altar. A deep and reverent silence fills the room for the span of two heartbeats. Then alarms scream through the cavern. Lights, sirens, mystical wards all begin to activate around the shrine. As armed guards spill into the underground chamber, the shadow has already made its way to the edge of the shrine grounds. Before the spotlights erupt and scour the forests and walls of the Meiji Shrine, the shadow quickly scales and leaps over the tall and barbed wire wall, escaping into the night. So, uh, finally, bringing things over to the roll 20, uh, I go ahead and give the prize to our NPC character, Mina. Ah, uh, well, good, good try, everyone. <laughs> well, uh, y'all have plenty of time to track her down and try to get it from her. Ah, okay. Okay. Do, do, do. All right, the sword is in play, and the NPC is the one who currently has it. All right, so for scenes, we're going to uh, take turns. Uh, you'll each get a chance to set up and play out uh, a scene as the scene player. Uh, Mina will get uh, her own scenes from... Uh, the second cycle on because her taking the dagger was the her first scene. So gotcha. during your scenes, you can um, there are uh, there's two things you can do during the main phase, which is a drama scene or a combat scene. And but for a combat scene, you have to track down someone's location first. So since neither of you need to recover. Uh, to start with, you'll want to use your scenes uh, to try and get uh, information or uh, the location of the dagger, probably uh, Mina's location to try and get it from her. But uh, how drama scenes work is um, you pick a skill and you try to use it to uh, get information or forge an emotional bond with someone. Let's see. Oh, right. Another thing I should mention about Mina is that she uh, also has her own secret. Um, so, does anyone want to go first on um, trying out a scene? Um, you want to go first, Owen? <laughs> yeah, do we know that the knife has been stolen yet? Um, 
Yes. Okay, gotcha. Well, um, with that in mind, I think that so, uh, finding out, I think this person is the most likely culprit. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and find out more about this uh, Mina, was it? Yeah, let me, yeah, Mina, I've already forgot her last name, Takagi, Takagi Mina. Okay, Takagi Mina. I'm going to try and find out more about her, and um, let's see, uh, you know what, rather than... I'm trying to figure out so I can, let's see, I can choose try to learn either that character's secret or their location, and I'm trying to figure out which one is more, um, well, you know what, the the secret doesn't matter if I don't have her location, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to try and do that, and I think it's going to manifest as, like, um, uh, just... You know what? He's got analysis as one of his skills, so I think he's probably just like um, uh, trying to locate like where this secret warehouse is, just based on like uh, like where various like fake looking companies have have warehouses. You know. Okay, so you're doing a doing a dramatic typing at the computer scene. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. It's our programmer here. Okay, so and like you know, so figuring out what location would be most advantageous for her and that sort of thing, you know. Yeah. So has he got like a home office since he left work, or is it like a hideout? Yeah, I think that I think, or you know what, I think that maybe he's like on the move, so he's like stopped into an internet cafe to do the research. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, you know what, I I, I was planning on like saving it for like. I, I didn't have like a specific plan I admit for his suitcase but I think and I was planning on saving for like a dramatic reveal but just because it's necessary then I think that what's going to happen is like he just like steps into somewhere with Wi-Fi and like opens it up and it's got like a laptop like built in so that it like unfolds as he opens it oh cool oh nice um and so yeah he's just going he's going that's where he's just yeah he's like gone going to like a location that he thinks is should be close and then he's going to try and narrow it down from there okay so get too into the hacking let's see how a check works in this. so it's a 2d6 and you're using the analysis skill okay and i've got that mark does that mean anything so you have analysis, so your target number is five. So you roll okay. two D six. And it should be it should be easy. Yeah. Yep, I've got I got a ten, assuming that I'm adding them up. Yeah. Okay. That was pretty simple. Let me just go over to see if there's anything I'm missing on this uh system. I also just noticed there's a little thing in this character sheet to note whether or not you've got the location and secrets of people. Yeah, so you will want to uh, go ahead and mark that you have uh, Mina's location. You have you have tracked down the warehouse. It is not it is not as well hidden as she thinks. At least uh, if you're okay. uh, if you're a hardcore hacker like yourself. Okay, excellent. Just sort of nods, folds the laptop back up, and the briefcase stands back up. 
probably got like a little cup of coffee because he was at a cafe. So he finishes that and puts it in the, you know, wherever the, the, the little thing, you know. Yeah. The little tray over the trash cans. Assuming it works the same over there. Makes sense. All right. So that was pretty simple. So we've got some information that Jiro tracked down. Um, so, uh, Seiko, you can follow a similar route. Another thing is, um, just to go over how the rules work, you can also try and get information out of uh, Jiro, but then you would have to, you know, find them. <laughs> I don't know. I have to find Jiro. Yeah. Hmm, let's see. What makes the most sense here? Well, what, I guess, so, what are my options uh, when, when, when establishing a scene like this? So, um, as the scene player, you can set up a, what, basically what you want. Let me see. So there's a chart you can roll on to help you out, but uh, to begin a drama scene, the scene player describes when and where the scene is taking place. The scene player should figure out which characters will be appearing in the scene. Uh, the PCs may be included in the scene if their player gives permission, while NPCs may appear with the GM's permission. After the characters and setting have been determined, the players act out the scene with the scene player narrating events as necessary. Usually lasts a minute or two, features someone playing between characters. So, um, some of the example scenes... I'll just send you the chart. Actually, sorry, I don't know what. Oh, I think I have the. Oh, you got see, the scene charts on page uh, one thirty six, right? Yeah. So you could. Um, so even without like Mina's location, you could like, you could pull her into a scene somewhere else. That sort of thing. Uh, okay. Mm. Same for Jiro. Your location is more like I don't know. If you want to target somebody for a combat scene, you need their location. Not a drama scene. Let's see, a drama scene. Oh, gosh. Okay, so... So, uh, so Seiko, they're going out to, uh, to hunt down this dagger. I think they... They're not as aware of the person in possession of the dagger as they are the dagger itself. So, so I think they're going to try to find... Um, let's see, what makes the most sense? So, considering how information works in this game, um, I think you should, like, like, each of you probably has, like, ninja underlings that you can consider oh. to be canvassing the area sort of around you, like, if you need to call them in to know something that you would know mechanically but wouldn't know narratively yet. Gotcha. Okay. I think I think Seiko is going to set up. Is there a way to like set up like an ambush almost? Not an ambush, but like like lie in wait for a person of interest to appear. Mm, yeah, uh, like it would be. That, that's something I would like to do. Yeah, that sounds good. You can can uh can't uh, start a fight, but you can like you know figure out what's going on. I like it. So yeah, I imagine um, I imagine Mina's uh, 
out celebrating her uh, latest impending victory. If you, hmm, what's a what's a, like a good place? Like um, my my impulse is like the sort of the sort of bar that Seiko is familiar with. But what are you thinking? Oh, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like either maybe like a karaoke bar or something like that. <laughs> like they, they, Mina gets like a private room. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like she probably has some like underlings with her, but then they like you know they go home and she's got the, like the karaoke room to herself. <laughs> and that's when Seiko pounces. Oh no! <laughs> no, I mean yeah, says metaphorically. <laughs> Okay, so I figure you like I don't know, sort of like appear out of the shadows quietly, sort of like Batman. <laughs> no, I I think no. what happens is that uh, they open the well first before they open the door, they they sort of change something about their outfit. They like unbutton some things and like yeah. fold fold some things over, and all of a sudden they're like they're in they're they're using their disguise skill um, to or maybe their apparel skill. Uh, to to be in like a um, a more traditional looking costume for a hostess or a host. So probably a hostess in this case. Um, like like you know, it's not like a kimono, but it's like it's like oh, like all of a sudden this has become a gown where before it was like a suit. Oh, okay. So it's so like that's part of their their <laughs> sort of setup is that they have sort of uh, transforming clothing. Nice. nice. So uh, Mina is uh, thirty three, and as uh, stated before, she is uh, dressed like Blade Two. <laughs> <laughs> so she looks up with a smirk. And is like, oh, I didn't order any treats. Oh, um, I I must have the wrong room, but uh, you. Are you here alone? I am now. I mean, you can stay if you want. Oh, uh, sure. I, that would that would be great. Um, are you are you singing tonight? <laughs> uh, mm, boy, sorry, thinking out of character. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, big fan of new metal. Got all the. <laughs> <laughs> got all the whip biscuits. <laughs> That's, oh god, I'm sorry. Yeah, so uh, I, she's not especially uh, graceful or charming, but uh, so I guess uh, the question, and since you're the scene uh, player, you get to answer this: is like, do do ninjas recognize each other, like vampires or whatever, or? <laughs> Well, I I think that um, some ninja might recognize others, gotcha. but I think that particularly uh, uh, Seiko and and her family uh, are outside of that paradigm. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. So I think like like it's really obvious to like like I bet a you know. Um, someone from the the ninja army might see someone from I forgot what it's called, but like the agency one, and be oh, like, yeah. ah, that's a ninja. <laughs> but like, 
but like like Seiko's whole thing is disguise and obfuscation. So so I think Mina probably just sees a you know a hostess maybe trying to get get some business. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, Mina's receptive. Um, so what are you after, and what are you are you rolling disguise for? It? Um, I, I I'm I think I'm trying to. But but uh, sorry. On that other on the other hand, I think that um, uh, Seiko is very good at picking out ninjas from crowds and things like that. Like, oh yeah, because because uh, they also have the bluff skill, which works both ways in this game. Oh, like it's not I just about that. lying; it's also about uh, discerning lies. <laughs> so I think that uh, that either disguise or bluff would work in this case uh but uh essentially seiko knows something's up with this person is trying to find out what they're what they're celebrating what their deal is <laughs> gotcha like so. like they probably saw mina and her gaggle of underlings go in to begin with like go into this club and was like oh there's gotcha. a there's a pack of like stupid junior ninjas doing stuff with a with like someone who's very clearly above their station. Like gotcha. I should find out what's going on. All right. So I will say, uh, for the considering your skills and for the sake of the narrative, uh, you will you will f- learn that Mina has the dagger. Uh, whatever the case. Uh, whatever that comes up on the dice. So, would you rather, like, uh, track, like, get her location so you can uh, try to attack her for the dagger later? Um, would you try to, like, dig deeper and try to get her secret? Maybe set up, like, uh, some sort of emotional bond to try to intrude on scenes and such later? Nope. Hmm. I think I will track her. I think uh, knowing her location and knowing where she's going to go next is, is is good. Gotcha. So, considering that she doesn't know what you're up to, um, yeah, I think she's happy to, like, she doesn't go into specifics, but she's happy to brag about the sort of, you know, so yeah, me and my, uh, me and my cronies have uh, made a made a big score no so you're able to um figure out this is who you're looking for one and two for location i feel like you'd have a like a decently easy easy time slipping something onto her that you can track if that sounds good or maybe okay maybe you can like leave some like leave like leave a little like uh mystical mark or something or like clothes that you can like like find her by I like that. Okay. So yeah, like, a, like it could be like a little like a little wooden idol or something that's like uh, that's got you know that has some sort of mystical property. <laughs> Just a tiny. I'm thinking like like the size of like a like a thimble. Nice. You know, just just a little little guy they slip into her clothes or something because nice. I do have also a sleight of hand uh, as, as well as apparel so it yeah. should be easy easy to figure that out 
Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, hey, wrong pocket. I don't carry cash. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to Oh, roll. my mistake. <laughs> oh. Do you want to roll? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll roll. Or uh, so just 2d6, right? Yeah, just 2d6, and the uh, target number changes depending on what you're rolling. And in this case, 5. And that's a 7. All right, yep. No problem. So you are, uh, through your own means, uh, differing means, now able to track down Mina and try to get the uh, dagger away from her uh, when the next cycle comes around. Excellent. So, the groundwork is being laid. So there's an intro for the second cycle, and then maybe after that we like, take a break or call it? That sounds good to me, yeah. Sounds perfect. Okay. In the shadows of a dark alley, the light from a computer monitor engulfs the inside of an unmarked van. Mina rises from her cot and begins typing at the keyboard with one hand. The other hand slowly pops off the lid of a bottle of Yamazaki Single Malt Sherry Cask 2013, pouring into a small glass that sits on top of a metal crate filled with military-grade ammunition. That sounds kind of trashy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, like a, sounds like a bad time. You know. 2013 cherry wine? Sorry. No sherry cask. <laughs> I don't know. No, no insult to the fine people at Yamazaki. No, hold on, that's motorcycles and keyboards. That's... Anyway, she hits enter and waits. A few seconds later, a response on the command line. Agreed, 12 million United States dollars. The usual place, 48 hours. Mina smiles, tips back the glass, and then rises to stretch her tired limbs. The deal is on. Time to clean up before the guests arrive. Okay. Uh, okay. Awesome. I just so. need to point out, typing with one hand while pouring wine <laughs> is very funny. Yeah, like, she's had just waited, Mina. It's, this, this she hasn't made fact, a lot of messes practicing that, right? Yeah, this does actually line up a lot with someone who like makes passes at waitresses while karaokeing to new metal. Yeah, <laughs> like I really love how much of her vibes are just from like this, like the scenario write up. It's like it's okay, I can play that. <laughs> <laughs> no problem okay so uh next time probably a lot more ninja violence as uh everybody tries to get this dagger for themselves uh so until then stay big gay nerdy Big Gay Nerds is made possible by our Patreon supporters. We would like to give special thanks to Calvin Cox, Elliot, Evelyn Nadia DuPont, Frank L., Giraffe Scarves, Hellblood Hands, Jack Toops, Jarnope, Joelle, John the Book Hoarder, Laura Dean, Lucas Bell, MC Verdandi, Neon Hellcat, Ollie, Patrick Moore, Ryan Asopa, Udon Bullets, Thor Holmquist, and Trash Hime. If you would like to join their ranks and gain access to exclusive content, simply visit us at patreon.com slash biggaynerds and donate at the Lauded Gay Nerds tier. If you'd like to support us for free, spread the word about us on social media. We're at biggaynerdscast on Twitter and just biggaynerds on Tumblr and co-host. And if you'd like to hang out with us and other BGN listeners, join the BGN fan discord server linked in all the aforementioned pages.